0: Welcome to Mommy's on a Call, your sacred space to laugh, learn, and feel like a real grown-up human for a hot minute. I'm Stephanie Uchima Carney, a mom of three under six, serial entrepreneur, business strategist, and donut connoisseur, just trying to get through the day one cold cup of coffee at a time. I believe that with more intention, a positive mindset, and self-care, it is possible to thrive in motherhood, business, and life. Hello, and welcome back to Mommy's on a Call. I'm really excited today to bring to you Denise Woodard. She is the founder and CEO of Partake Foods, which is an allergy-friendly snack company. And she was inspired to start this because of her daughter Vivian's experience with food allergies. I am going to ask her more questions about how she started this and everything, but I just wanted to welcome you to the show. So welcome,
1: Denise. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about our chat today.
0: So I wanted to start with what was your biggest mom win of the week?
1: My biggest mom win of the week was I worked on this STEM project with my daughter. I feel like I've been having a lot of mom guilt about like sitting her in front of the screen lately and not being as engaged as I'd like. And we did this project that she was super excited about and I hope she learned a thing or two and it was actually really fun for me too. Where did you find the project? Is it something you found online I found it online. It's actually like a Crayola kit. It's like a paper flower kit that I found on Amazon. So I'm not that crafty, but it worked. That's awesome. And give us a little bit of background about your family structure. How
0: old is your daughter? What's kind of your family situation like right now?
1: Sure, thing. So my husband, Jeremy, and I live in Jersey City, New Jersey, right outside of Manhattan with our five-year-old Vivian. Because COVID times, he and I are both working from home. Thankfully, she's been able to stay in school safely in person. So I've been able to be a lot more productive and she's a lot happier. And so it's just the three of us. Our families are both in the South. So no family or super close friends here, but we have our little pod of three.
0: Oh, and is she in kindergarten or is she still in preschool? She's in kindergarten. Oh, you're lucky. I have a five-year-old and distance learning kindergarten right now is a very interesting thing, shall I
1: say? I can only imagine and I feel so bad for the kids too. Cause it's like their first big year of school and like it's at home, but you know, such is life right now. Oh, Well,
0: that's good that she's in person and you get time to work. So speaking of time to work, paint a little picture about kind of what your day looks like for those of you out here, there, I'm going to let you know, like her cookies are found all over. So give us a little bit of background about what your company is. So people know, I mean, I went to Whole Foods and I bought them. My kids love the birthday cake ones. So thank you for that. <laughs> But Denise, what is Partake Foods?
1: Sure thing. So, well, one, I'm glad that your kids like the cookies. Thank you. And Vivian, whenever she was around one, we learned that she had multiple food allergies. She's allergic to most tree nuts, eggs, corn, and bananas which is a really challenging mix. And our nanny, Martha, who actually has a piece of equity in the company now was like, your daughter has the most boring diet ever. And I told her all of my woes on shopping the allergy friendly, all the products didn't taste good. The brands weren't cool. They masqueraded as healthy when they were full of sugar. And her response was, you should start a company. And that was in the summer of 2016. And that's where the idea for Partake Foods was born.
0: Wait, so your nanny
1: told you you should start a company? I complained and complained. And she was like, she looked at me and she was like, well, do something about it. You should start a company. And I was like, you're right, actually. So what were you doing at the time then? What was your role? Were you out in the corporate world? Where were you? So it was pretty serendipitous because I'd spent nearly a decade at Coca-Cola, but I'd spent the previous couple years working in their venturing and emerging brands group. So I was working on brands, um, new and emerging beverage brands that Coke had either invested in or acquired. And so I'd had a chance firsthand to see entrepreneurs who didn't have have a ton of experience, but we're willing to work hard. And with like a little bit of luck and a strong passion, we're able to turn their business into huge successes. So I think being able to see that firsthand and work on that day to day is what really gave me the confidence to to take the leap to start partake.
0: And how did you just come up with these recipes? Were you a baker? Were you someone who was passionate about cooking? I mean, coming up with vegan or whatnot cookies, it's, you know, I look for recipes or I look online, but I don't think I could like invent something of my own.
1: (laughs) Well, you're not alone because Martha and I went into the kitchen and failed horribly. I had a very clear picture of what I wanted, but as we started to experiment with ingredients, I started to realize why so many of the existing products had the same few ingredients, rice flour and xanthan gum and lots of sugar, because it's really hard to formulate without them. And so thankfully we found a professional food scientist who was able to help bring that vision to life. And so we had to bring in a professional to get some help. We created the foundation, I think in our kitchen, but we definitely had to have someone help refine that for us.
0: So let's look at your life when you were at Coca-Cola to start. You were pre-your daughter and then you worked there through having your first daughter. How did you go back to work? Being a working mom, what did kind of your family structure look like family help at the time? And then once you you know had her and you realized you wanted to start this venture, what does it look like
1: now? How has that evolved? Sure. So whenever I was working at Coke, my husband was working in finance and was working really long hours. So we were both traveling a ton and working a ton. And thank God for Martha, who's been a part of our family since the day I went back to work. I was lucky enough to be able to work from home when I was at Coke, but there was a lot of travel involved in my role. And so I started to have a lot of mom guilt around. Like I was traveling for like 15 minute meetings, like flying to some obscure place, two connections later to go talk to somebody for 20 minutes to hop back on a plane and miss two days of my daughter's like childhood. And I so I was really having a lot of issues with that. And so my new life at Partake, I, I think I extend this to our entire team because I know that everyone has a life outside of like the the business is is pretty flexible. Like I have a load of laundry going right now, but we're chatting and I'm prepping dinner on the counter. And like, I I think it's multitasking and kind of integrating both parts of my life, being a mom and being a business person are are most important.
0: You're a CEO now. And I know working from home right now, you can do the laundry and stuff like that. But during non COVID times, how were you able to balance that when, you know, you had your daughter, do you still have your nanny? Like, what do you outsource in your life in order to make it all work?
1: I outsource, we do a meal delivery service every Oh, what's your favorite one? (laughs) I just found a new local, a new local one here in New York. It's called love you like NYC and the meals are whole 30 and gluten-free and vegan. And so, so, so delicious. And it's just a local woman who's been doing it for a few years. So I outsource my husband and I, our meals, and then we have someone who helps us clean. Otherwise he and I kind of get it done. I mean, I will say there's lots of long days and most days aren't very pretty. It's, you know, 5am wake up and getting work done for partake so that I can get Vivi off to school and drop her off at school. Kind of with the current situation with COVID, we actually don't have any childcare. And so our daughter's at school and I'm headed to school pickup after this. And I'll be taking so many calls with investors and like board meetings, like literally sitting in my car in front of my daughter's school on Zoom, praying that the internet connection will hold up. So it's just a balancing act of
0: all the things. And let's go back and talk a little bit about maybe your like upbringing and, and kind of your pre-mom life to get you to today. You were working in corporate and now you're an entrepreneur. Did you always have an entrepreneurial drive? Like, was there anything in your past that kind of brought you to where you are today?
1: Sure. So I grew up in Fayetteville, North Carolina. My dad's African-American. My mom's Korean. Neither one of my parents graduated high school. My dad got his GED while he was in the army and my mom had to drop out of school because of the Korean war. And so the thing that was drilled into my head every day was go to school, get an education, work hard. They viewed like working in corporate America as the Mecca and all be all. And so when I said I wanted to leave to start my own venture, they were not very excited. They were the biggest cheerleaders now but that was definitely a battle that I had to fight. But I've always had a pretty entrepreneurial spirit. While I was working at Coca-Cola, I had an eBay business that was bringing in six figures. Um, Wait, stop for a (laughs) second. What was that about? (laughs) So I lived in Chicago at the time and I don't know how I realized this, but the local thrift shops had the best deals ever. I remember once I got a Chanel jacket for $8. And like, so I would literally be on phone calls, like conference calls for work, sitting there, like scrounging through thrift stores with my headset on and then reselling items and then finding like people in our community and like reselling their stuff. It wasn't really scalable, but I enjoyed it and it provided like nice disposable income. So I did that. And then I had a ticket brokering business for a while. That was by accident. I accidentally bought Beyonce concert tickets for the wrong city and I had to resell them and they sold for so much more. And I was like, Oh, maybe there's something here. And because I was working from home, I was always at my computer at 10 AM whenever tickets went on sale. And so I've always like had these random side hustles, but never thought that I would be like a full-time like legit entrepreneur.
0: Incredible. And I totally understand that mentality of being Asian and having your parents. I know my parents were always like, get a good education, you know, work hard. And it was, it's kind of that stigma. So I'm curious, like when you decided to do this, what was the conversation like? And Also, you had a solid corporate job to leave and to make that leap, especially saying to your parents, I'm going to start a cookie company. It's kind of like a, wait a second, what? So what went through your mind and how did you approach that?
1: Well, This was pretty serendipitous as well. Right after Martha and I had our first discussion, we were in line at a zoo on a Saturday afternoon. I was telling my husband, Jeremy, like, you won't believe what Martha said. What do you think about this idea? A gentleman in line in front of us turned around and was like, that sounds like a great idea. There's this local pitch competition. It's called the Start Something Challenge. It's for New Jersey small businesses. It's backed by JP Morgan and Blackstone. And he was like, you should enter this contest. And it was a Saturday afternoon and the entries were going to close that Monday at midnight. I went ahead and incorporated an LLC, entered the contest. We ended up winning with just an idea and it came with some local press, which was great, but- then I had to tell my boss very early on, like, I'm working on this other venture because the last thing I needed was them to see me in the in the news talking about, you know, local woman starts cookie company. And so that came with lots of conversations with uh, legal and ethics and all the people in HR. And we came to the conclusion that I could stick around until I had a product that I was selling because then there would be a conflict of interest. So it gave me the kick in the butt that I needed to leave corporate America because Otherwise, I probably would have tried to side hustle this forever and we wouldn't be where we are. And then in terms of my parents, I told them and they were not happy. And then I didn't tell them anything again, really, until like we had like when I quit my job, I obviously let them know that. And they were also, once again, kind of not happy. And then when we got our first like chain account, Whole Foods, I told them that. So I didn't tell them how we were emptying my 401k or selling my engagement ring. Cause I knew that would not go over well. But now that like, once they felt like it was a solid business, like they couldn't be more proud. Of, I don't think of, of what I'm doing now, but at the time I just tried to kind of keep it to myself because I knew that they wouldn't be excited. And I didn't want to let that get into my head.
0: Okay. Wait, you said you sold your engagement ring. I did. <laughs> was this so that you could just the seed capital to do this? So you were making like huge risks. What internally, like uh, to people out there who are like, I can't do that, what was it in you? Is it like a drive that you've always had? Are you just like scrappy in general? And you're like, this is just me. What inspired you or what pushed you to be like, it's okay. I'm going to sell my engagement ring because I'm betting on myself. Like, I know I can do this.
1: We, it sounds crazy when I hear someone else say it. And I, I will say, We didn't anticipate, we didn't start like that. Like we put in some of our savings and the business was going really well, but it was really hard to raise capital. And at this point we'd gotten into Whole Foods and we got into Wegmans, but we were, our savings was starting to dwindle and we were dipping into my retirement. And I was like looking around like, well, what do I have that's worth money? And so we sold my engagement ring to be able to keep the business going. But at that point, I did have enough traction that led me to believe like I'm onto something I'd seen, you know, at that point I did hundreds of demos. So I saw people's Reactions to trying the product. I'd gotten so many notes from like food allergy parents. I started the company for my own daughter and I wanted something better for her. And it was just not something I was willing to give up on. Do you involve
0: her in the company?
1: Oh my God. She's so involved. It's great. <laughs> she's very into it. I will say it's been interesting to see how, like, her seeing the the nitty gritty of running a business has really sparked like an entrepreneurial spirit in her. She'll see a problem now and be like, well, we should just start a company. And do we need investors? And what's the marketing plan? And so I don't realize like how much she's hearing from my phone calls and just conversations in our home. But I'm pretty excited about that. Has she launched anything of her own? No, but she has grand plans to launch a pajama company. My husband's very tall. It's very hard to find pajamas for tall people. And she really wants to do something about that.
0: That's incredible. So you said you were already in Whole Foods. How did you get in Whole Foods? There are so many people who have these ideas and they're like, oh, I want to make this because, you know, whether it's a baby food company or whether it's, you know, they have this idea, but Whole Foods is a huge company. How did you do that? Did you have connections because you worked at Coca-Cola? Like, I guess I'm wondering for the entrepreneurs out there, you know, did you leverage relationships
1: or like, how did you do that? I had no relationships because we actually didn't do business with Whole Foods at Coca-Cola. It was LinkedIn stalking. Literally, I went on LinkedIn. I sent a message to every single person who worked at Whole Foods who had category manager in their job title. And one gentleman, I'll never forget his name, David Kellogg Woods, took petty on me and sent my email to the right person who was like, oh, this actually sounds interesting. Can you send me samples? And I will say that's how we met so many of our retailers. We met Target. I dragged my husband to a trade show. And I said, if if you see any of them from Target or Whole Foods, grab them no matter where they are. And he met the head of supplier diversity in the bathroom line at a trade show um, from Target. And so, and that's what flourished into like a relationship where we're in all of their stores across the country now. So no, it it was just scrappiness and, and willing to kind of go out on a limb and risk looking kind of crazy.
0: So now you, I read that you got funding originally from Marcy Venture Partners, which is Jay-Z's firm. Again, like what was the journey to get there? Like for those people who are like, "I I don't understand how you go from zero to then this, how did you get to that point?
1: There were so many bumps in between. We, once we had that early success in Whole Foods and Wegmans, and I sold my engagement ring, we were in the midst of trying to raise a friends and family round. We ended up raising a a couple hundred thousand dollars, and it came in five thousand dollar checks and seven thousand dollar checks. And we never had all the money, and we were always about to run out of money. But the business continued to have really strong metrics, margins that I felt good about, really good success at retail, which gave me the confidence to go out and raise a seed round of funding. And I have a spreadsheet of the 86 no's that I got. And I was pitching angel group after angel group and individuals and family offices and anyone who would listen. And through a friend of a friend, we got introduced to Marcy and they really believed in our product and me and our mission. And they led our seed round of funding of a million dollars in June of 2019, which really was a game changer for us. Because it seems like a lot of times you just need the right person to say yes. And then so many of those people who said no came back and were like, actually, I think this is a great idea. (laughs) It's so like, it was so interesting to see how that worked out. And what do you think after that tipping point? Some people are like, yeah, let's just
0: raise money. And then, but what do you think It is like in the soul of partake that has made it so successful and has made other people want to be involved with
1: it. I think you alluded to it when you said the soul of partake. I think so often a lot of the brands that exist are either really big CPG companies or companies that don't necessarily stand for anything. And we're very vocal about what we stand for. We try to take action around that. We work with groups like the Food Equality Initiative to support food insecure families. We started a program called Black Futures in Food and Beverage, where we partnered with five historically Black colleges and universities to increase the diversity pipeline and consumer packaged goods. So for the causes that we believe in, we stand up and we say what we think and we do what we think is the right thing there's that piece. And then I think the name partake was really meant to be like inclusive for people with food allergies. I wanted my daughter and kids like her to be able to partake. But what I've learned as a woman, as a first time founder, as a person of color, are there a lot more people who need a seat at the table and who need a chance to partake. And I think that mission and that like message has been resonating with our customers. Did you
0: bring your daughter to any of your pitches or anything? She's had yes. I heard
1: her once in her room like saying a pitch. She's like, Hi, I'm Vivian and I'm the CEO of Part Tank Foods. Yes, I guess she's been to a couple pitch competitions. She's been to panels. She's worked trade shows with us. Like she definitely has seen like the fun stuff that comes out of having a business, but also like the waking up early on a Saturday morning and loading the back of your car with cookies to go stand at a trade show booth all day part.
0: Was there ever a point in all of this with your daughter that you said, maybe I'm not going to continue onward? Like I, we've gone this far, but I just, I don't want to do this anymore. Or like, I
1: can't do this anymore. And if so, how did you push through? I think because of my daughter I haven't gotten to that point there's like moments where I remember when she was 2 and I didn't even think that like kids at this age would recognize it and she had gone to a birthday party and the last thing she said before bedtime was like I wish I could have had the cupcake at so and so's birthday and so seeing how the food allergies weigh on her and other children emotionally and knowing that I have the potential to have a solution to hopefully make things just a tiny bit easier I just I couldn't give up and then kind of also knowing that she knows that I started the company for her. Like if the company doesn't work out, that's one thing. But for me to look her in the eye and be like, you know, I thought it was too hard. So I just stopped. Like, I just couldn't live with that.
0: So I want to flash forward to then today. What does Partake look like right now? How does everything of 2020, all that inspired Black Lives Matter movement, everything that just went on, you know, more females are being funded. All of this momentum that started in 2020, really pushing, you know, women, especially women of color into the, the front line here, how has that changed your company, you as a person, and what is the future of Partake look like?
1: So I think the way that it's changed our company, we went into 2020 in 350 stores with Partake, as with me as the only full-time employee of Partake. We'll finish First quarter of 2021 in 5,500 stores with a team of six and about four open positions that we're hiring for. So, the amount of growth that we've seen over this past year has been beyond my wildest dreams. So, I think that's how things have changed for the business. For me personally, you know, I will say that I reckoned with a lot of guilt around Black Lives Matter because I felt like we continued to get amplified by influencers, by retailers, by so many people. And I felt bad that there weren't more companies to share the spotlight. I felt bad that I'm biracial, I have had a fairly easy life and easy go of things. And like, I felt like there were so many people who needed help more than I did. And so why were we getting the help? And so I channeled that into our social mission, give back efforts with food equality initiative with Steph and Aisha Curry's eat, learn, play with our black college program. And so my goal moving forward for partake is just to do that bigger and better. I think one of the things that will change the landscape for women and particularly, particularly women of color is if companies. Companies Like mine have success so that retailers and investors can say, oh, this actually isn't a charity. Like this is a smart business decision. And then along that journey, hopefully I can mentor other women. I can bring other people along on the journey. I can develop our team so that our team members can go on to do amazing things. And so I'm just going to use the momentum that's come our way to hopefully do more good.
0: You can even have like a partake foundation. I love the name partake. And what you were saying about it is people can partake at the table. And so that's amazing. What's the future right now of it?
1: Where are you guys going? Are you raising more money? Are you going to be in more stores? Sure. Thanks. So we are launching, we just launched Trader Joe's this week. So you can find two of our cookie flavors, sprinkle cookie and chocolate chip in all Trader Joe's around the country. You can also find us, we'll be in Kroger nationally. So Kroger and Ralph's and King's Supers and and stores all around the country. You can learn more on our website, partakefoods.com where our store locator is. We just completed our series A raise. And so some of our earliest investors like Marcy Venture Partners came back and participated and we brought phenomenal new partners on. On like Lotus Bakeries and Circle Up and Rihanna. And I'm just so excited and thankful for the group of people that we have that are supporting us right now. So Brianna,
0: how how does one get Rihanna?
1: (laughs) Well, you know, through some of our network now, through through Marcy and some of our existing investors, they've just been such huge supporters and sharing what we're doing and our story and our mission. And thankfully it continues to resonate with more people and they enjoy the product and, and the story and have just been like, I'm just so grateful for all the support we've received from them.
0: So you said at the beginning of 2020, you had just you as the only full-time employee... Yes. Wow. So home life, we outsource a lot of things. So how did you do that as a CEO? I mean, you were already in Whole Foods. You're already doing distribution. How are you doing it as one person? What did your team structure look like if you were the only full-time employee?
1: So we definitely had some outsourced support. We had an operations person who was working a few hours a week for us, an outsourced accounting firm that was handling the books. We were working with a social media agency. I was handling sales. And then we were working with an agency for marketing. And so as the business, I think one of the things that I really struggled with was, it's like, I don't want people to put their full livelihood into this business until I feel confident that it's going to be around to support them and their families. And so as our business has gotten stronger and has grown, we've been able to thankfully bring more of those roles in-house.
0: How many iterations of the cookie did you have before you finally, uh, (laughs)
1: finally put it in a box? (laughs) So many, like too many to count, at least 20. And we're still iterating. You know, I think as new ingredients come to the market that we're excited about, or as we continue to get consumer feedback, I I don't think it's ever too late to make any changes. So we're constantly iterating on the products.
0: Just like Baker's, I was wondering, do you eat your own
1: cookies? I do. My daughter eats a lot of our cookies. What's her favorite cookie? She is a chocolate chocoholic. So we have a triple chocolate soft baked and a double chocolate crunchy. And she loves those. And then we also just launched a baking mix. And so you can make pancakes and waffles and cakes and all these things with it. And so she has been loving that for breakfast.
0: That's Amazing. So I want to switch to your mom life and your personal life. What does your kind of morning look like? Because as a CEO, you know, you're wearing all the hats and now you're wearing the role hat of being a mom. How do you set yourself up for success during the day?
1: So it took me a while, but now I get up really early. So I'm like five o'clock AM wake up time. And I'm able to get in a quick meditation. I'm able to knock out some emails that have come overnight, work on my to-do list, make sure the house feels good, make sure her clothes are out for school, have a cup of coffee by myself before anyone's awake to bother me. Um, And then wake up for her is around seven o'clock. And then it's like a mad dash of like, get her dressed, get her fed, get out the door to get to school. And then back home for me to start work. What time do you go to bed? I'm working on that. I got to go to wake up early part down. I consistently say that I'm going to go to bed around 930, but I'm kind of like 30, 11. I'm really working on going to bed earlier though. Because the 930, like the 30, 11 is me just mindlessly scrolling social media or like doing things that probably are not the best use of my time. I'm trying
0: to work on that too. I was telling my husband today that if I don't go to bed by 930, I hit my second wind. And then I literally can't fall asleep until midnight. And it's so hard hard, but I'm working on the 5 a.m. I feel like most entrepreneurs that I've talked to that are extremely successful moms wake up early. And I I really think I need to work on that. were you always a morning person or how did you get yourself to get up at five in the morning?
1: No, not at all. I've never been a morning person. I think it was just like falling behind, like realizing that like the day was starting out so stressful because I was waking up at the same time as my daughter and husband. And we were just all like fumbling around and like grumpy. And I was like, this sucks for everyone. And so I just started to be so much more productive and I felt so much better waking up early, which sounds so cheesy because I would hear other people say that and be like, yeah, right. But for me, it's definitely proven true.
0: Do you do a meditation app or do you have your own kind of practice?
1: So I vacillate between I, my husband and I did transcendental meditation training, like earlier in 2020, he's really stuck to it. I'm embarrassed to admit that I haven't stuck to it as much as I should have. So some days I just rely on the calm app, which I also do with my daughter at bedtime. They have a lot of really good ones for like five and six year olds. Oh,
0: cool. I have to look into that. TM though, that's a that's an intense practice. I feel like it's this black box. I hear a lot about it, but I have no idea what it's about. And if I ask anyone who does it, they kind of still can't really tell you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you're like not supposed to talk about it. But I know it's, has, like it's like fight club.
0: Changing. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I honestly feel like transcendental meditation is fight club. It's like <laughs> you don't talk about it, you just do it. And it's it's like if you talk about it, you might get in trouble. So. <laughs> but does it work? Is my question.
1: It works definitely. Like my husband and my dad both practice and are way more zen than I am. So I like, I've seen firsthand how it works. And so I need to do better.
0: Did you get your dad into it?
1: But I can't imagine my dad meditating. So... (laughs) My dad actually is the one who got us into it. So hey. he been, He's he been doing it, gosh, since like the seventies or something. He's kind of, my parents Whoa. are like, yeah, he's kind of hippie dippy. And so he's just like, you need to do this. Cause I think he saw what stress balls my husband and I were. And so like, he's finally sat down and like wrote us this letter about how he thought like, we just really needed to make a change in our life. And, and so we've been trying to be more mindful of our diet and like meditate. And it actually, I will say it, he, the advice was very good. It's served us well.
0: So you had like a, an intervention by, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I'm glad that's been helping your life. Are there any other apps, tools, or things that you do in your day to really help create that I guess you could quote balance or that sort of more calm in your life.
1: I wish I knew some tricky ones, but I'm really heavily reliant on the notes app in my phone, like my Google calendar, nothing like very fancy getting out for a walk in the middle of the day, just to kind of clear my head and get some fresh air. Cause otherwise I'll just glue myself to the computer all day. That's been helpful. No, otherwise it's just the eating healthy and the, the meditation trying to sneak in workouts here and there.
0: Is there anything you do every single day just for yourself by yourself?
1: Take a walk. I get outside every single day and take at least a 30 minute walk. And we're lucky enough to live like very close to the water. And so it's usually like very quiet and relaxing. I can actually like think about stuff rather than just being like super reactive and responsive. So I do like make a point to get a walk in every single day by myself.
0: That's amazing. I can't wait to see what Partake Foods does and what you do with the company. I'm an avid Trader Joe's shopper. I have like, I I mean, I confess that I like rarely go to other grocery stores. I like live at Trader Joe's. And so I'm really excited that I can now go there to buy it instead of ordering it from Whole Foods. So to wrap it up. I wanted to ask, what do you think your mom's superpower is? Something you gain your superpower when you became a mom that helps you in business life, whatever that is, something that you might not have had before.
1: I don't know the right way to eloquently say it, but this idea that like nothing's that serious, like while I'm so like focused on my business, like at the end of the day, we're making cookies. Like my family's health and happiness is the most important thing. And like really being able to keep things in perspective. I used to just like freak out at the tiniest things and like worry so much. And I I think my daughter has really helped me to just kind of put things in perspective about what's important in life.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. And then lastly, What is one survival tip you can give to working moms or entrepreneurs right now, either to, you know, survive this period we're in during a pandemic, or just to survive being an entrepreneur that might be still out there
1: hustling? I think it's a combination for me of outsource, outsource, outsource. I used to be embarrassed to say, well, I don't cook dinner every night, or I don't clean the house myself, or like wherever you can outsource things that are not like a good use of your time things you're not excited about. I, I'm a huge advocate of that. And then also like asking for help. I think I've always I'd had a hard time with that, but like asking friends, your partner, whoever to help you and like not being embarrassed to be vulnerable, vulnerable about where you need help. Well, thank you so much for joining or where can we find you online? You can find news about Partake. Um, we're across all social media channels at Partake Foods. And then you can find me on Instagram at DG Woodard. Well, thank you so much for
0: joining today. It was amazing to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mommy's on a Call. Your support means the absolute world to me. You can find the show notes for this episode and other goodies over at mommiesonacall.com. And if you enjoyed this episode or have gotten value from the podcast, I would be so grateful if you could head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review so that we can reach and empower more moms all over the world together. Thank you so much again, Mommy Pod, and I will see you here next time.